Welcome to the Gen Xer Podcast, a weekly podcast that discusses what's going on in the world through the eyes of the long-forgotten group, Generation X. I want to thank you guys for tuning in for this new episode. Um, so there has been there has been some personal stuff going on uh, that I don't think I really discussed in full on this show. Um, so after I started this show. Or before I started this show, when I was doing an, another show, uh, my brother passed away. My older brother passed away in May, at the end of May. And, uh, you know, that, that took me a little bit to kind of regroup and, and try to get things going. And then that's when I started this podcast to see if it's even something I <clears throat> even wanted to continue doing. Uh, however, a few episodes into this podcast... Uh, my dog suddenly passed away. Um, it was quick. It was sudden. It was a surprise. Uh, came home from work one day, and and he had, and I just I just found his found his body. Um, so it's it kind of for me was kind of the last straw. I mean, like two major pa- personal passings for me in in one summer. It really kind of just hit me in a way that you know I kind of had a little bit of a breakdown. I had to take a few days off work. Um, it, it was just too much, too fast. And so I did release some episodes during that time because like I was, I was doing, you know, uh, I was keeping, trying to keep the show two weeks ahead. So last week was the one week that I I didn't release an episode and that even though the episode was written, I just didn't have the heart to actually record the episode. So with all that being said, uh, here we are. And um, I'm recording this episode the week it's being released. And now I'm going to hope to continue writing new episodes and get myself back to where I'm, I'm you know, at a two-week intervals. So I can release an epi- uh, record an episode now and have it ready for two weeks. So if I have to take a week off or something like that, there's not going to be a major interruption. So that's kind of what happened with this show um it's been a few weeks since i've actually recorded a new episode of this show even though for you guys um it you know has only been a week so so yeah so it's it's impacted you know all the shows that i that i've done um usually not to a degree where i've been off the lazy geeks is the only one that i've been off since like it happened um uh so with all the other shows that I have been doing, where I've been kind of batching those shows, it's, I've only it's only been missing like a week or so. So that's what's going on with me personally. So that was the reason why there was no new episode last week. But you know, in an emotional state, you know, you're not necessarily podcasting is kind of the least, um, the least, uh, how should I say, in the in the rank of importance, it's the it's the least important. So. That's kind of where that's at. That's kind of where I've been. So, you know, hope you guys understand if you guys have pets or anything like that or 
have lost someone and then, you know, it's kind of that, really, we needed that to happen. I'm, I'm, I know most of you guys will understand. So I appreciate that. And uh, let's, uh, let's get on with the show. We all know that the power of hearing is a strong sense memory. I think it's just as powerful as smell. The smell of vanilla reminds me of my first love. The sound of wind rustling the leaves of a tree remind me of the private school I spent in my formative years. Certain sounds can transport you back to that exact moment you heard that particular sound, and you can recreate the environment in your mind. The most powerful component is music. And when you get out of high school, you can listen to the radio and suddenly that song filters through your sound system. You remember the that song on the radio when you were about to have your first kiss or that particular song that reminds you of that special someone that made your heart skip a beat oh so many years ago. While those feelings have gone the way of HD DVDs, you can still conjure up those memories and in some ways make you f- remember a simpler time. The first time you were asked to dance at a high school function or that song you lost your virginity to or even the first time you heard the words, I love you. And I can even, it can even remind you of those bad times like your first breakup, great personal loss, or even that moment you said your final goodbye. I find that we cling to the music that was popular when we were in junior high or high school, mostly because those are where the first major turning points of our lives occurred. There are many songs that I remember hearing when I experienced many firsts, and, but there are many that remind me of a certain someone. That isn't to say that some, that some music today doesn't remind you of someone, but many times it has to be the right song or album at that right moment in time. One major moment for me was when Linkin Park's hybrid theory hit shelves and their music swamped the radio. And I remember listening to that entire album and it spoke to me. I, I know that sounds cheesy, but it did. I listened to, that, to the album and all I could think about was the lyrics that reminded me of the dead-end relationship that I was in. It seemed that in many ways those songs were written about me and my feelings for that particular ex-girlfriend, who obviously wasn't my ex at the time. The hopelessness that I felt when I was with her and that I would never amount to much in her eyes. It spoke to me conveying that the first that the best thing that I could do at that moment was leave her behind and move on. <laughs> Whitney Houston's How Will I Know was a song I heard when I first saw Naomi in seventh grade. It was in nineteen eighty six and I remember seeing her just off campus while I was waiting for my dad to pick me up from school. Someone was driving by and that song was playing loudly on their, on, on their radio, and that's when I caught her gaze. I mean, we shared a math class together, but she was one of those rock girls. You know, she had a, her boyish haircut and a, just a hint of too much makeup that made me notice her. But for some reason, I couldn't stop thinking about her. She was the first girl that ever really flirted with me. Nothing ever came of it, but whenever I hear that song, I'm immediately transported back to that sidewalk in front of Columbus Junior High. As sappy as it seems, Sheriff's When I'm With You is a song that reminds me of my first love. That was a song she told me reminded her of me. I remember a few things about our friendship in high school, but mostly that song sparks memories of the first time I listened to that song after being told what it meant to her. 
For the first time, I began to listen to that song with a new sense of urgency, as if I could somehow get a glimpse into her soul where I was concerned. By listening to every uttered lyric of that song, which would somehow bring us closer together. It didn't, but you know how teenagers are. You cling to that hope. But once you reach adulthood, hope is the first thing that goes out the window. I remember that song that I lost my virginity to. But fortunately, it's an obscure enough song that I don't hear it that often. Although, when you hear that song while walking through the aisle of a Best Buy, I don't have to tell you how awkward that whole setting is. Music is a very powerful regarding sense memory, and it's a time travel device. It can transport you to that moment when you first heard that song in a particular context. It could make you smile or feel good when having a bad day. And on the flip side, it can make, it can make you sad or remember better days. But in both cases, music has a way of making you feel and each of those songs is part of a playlist that will never age, no matter how much we do. At the age of 15, Amanda Todd uploaded a nine-minute video entitled My Story, Struggling, Bullying, Suicide, Self-Harm on her YouTube account on September 7, 2012. In it, she used flashcards with black lettering on them to silently reveal her feelings and experiences, going back to the ominous day she met a guy through a webcam chatting site at the age of 12, between 2009 and 2010. Amanda had recently moved in with her father, so she began using the internet to meet new people and establish connections. That's when a stranger started complimenting her. Beautiful and perfect are just two of the compliments he gave Amanda for her looks before asking her to flash him. After a year of being cynical, she agreed, unaware that he would save a picture of her breast using screen capture. He later used the same to blackmail Amanda. After following her around online for months on end and uncovering her real identity through Facebook, he asserted that if she refused to give him a proper show, he would share her topless pictures with her friends and classmates. And by December 2010, they were circulating on the internet. To cope with the resulting stress, spiraling depression, and panic disorder, which Amanda could not escape even after her family relocated, she used alcohol, drugs, and ill-advised intimacy. The cyber sexual exploitation and bullying continued, though. Her antagonist returned with a new Facebook page later on, where the image of her bare breast was, her, was the profile picture, and he contacted all of her peers. Then, after Amanda lost her friends... She got together with someone who had already had a girlfriend. That's when things changed for the worse. A week after Amanda slept with the boy, his partner found out. She and a group of around 15 others confronted her publicly, yelling harsh insults. The 15-year-old subsequently got punched, fell, and lay in a ditch where her father found her. Tired of the experience and her life, she then attempted suicide by drinking bleach. Amanda survived, just because she was rushed to the hospital to have her stomach pumped. Yet, instead of being glad about this fact, her classmates took to Facebook to make fun and urge her to try stronger bleach next time. Amanda and her family moved again, but even after six months, the bullying persisted. Therefore, with her mental state worsening, she began to self-cut. When she was prescribed antidepressants and therapy, Amanda overdosed. From being termed a psycho to the online harassment, it got too much for the teenager. 
and she ultimately, and unfortunately, succeeded in taking her life. A month after Amanda posted the YouTube video on October 10th, 2012, to be exact, she was found hanging in her home in Canada. Nothing could have done to, could be done to revive her. Aiden Coben is the man who authorities suspected impersonated a little boy to torment Amanda Todd all the way from the Netherlands. In fact, he has since been charged with extortion, criminal harassment, minor luring, and possession of child porn in connection to the matter. He asserts that he's innocent, and the 42-year-old was extradited to Canada in December 2020 to face the international accusations against him. However, we, could all, we should also mention that he was found guilty of online fraud and blackmail in 2017 for an unrelated case involving more than 30 young girls and gay men. He was sentenced to an estimated 11 years in a Dutch prison, which is where he was before his extradition. A British Columbia Supreme Court judge has imposed a ban, so there are no reports on what is going on, but Aiden's legal fight did begin in February 2021. Now, it's often joked about by Gen Xers that we're so happy that social media didn't exist when we were kids. All we have are stupid pictures that managed to survive the natural course of time. However, at the turn of the century, the advent of the Internet changed that. You were able to pop in those AOL or Yahoo chat rooms, introduce yourself by first names and ASL. And for those of you with failing memory or, or too young to understand, that stood for age sex location. Things really changed when you added a scanner, digital camera, or webcam to the mix. Sending images would be so much easier with blind trust and could get you into a lot of problems. Now, the origins behind social media were easy enough. When I was a kid, you had a best friend and they moved away and you never saw them again. However, with social media, you could add them to your platform of choice, chat, send pictures, and it would be like they never left. Much like many of modern society's conveniences, Nothing was created with malice intent. Well, maybe except for Facebook. After all, it did come out of a hot or not site. But the concept was utopian and pure. People can reach across distances and become friends, share ideas, and no more long-distance phone bills. But unfortunately, the lack of wisdom didn't take into account just how something idealistic could be perverted. Or maybe it was seen, but they just hoped better angels would rule the day. And obviously, they never met with humanity before. But even then, social media was cha had changed so much in the last 10 years. No longer are kids hanging out on Facebook or YouTube. They're creating Twitch channels, using TikTok with high school girls promoting thirst trap content to get people to watch them, having burner Instagram accounts for friends, and a main one for family. Multiple Snapchat accounts because other ones keep getting banned. None of this in, in any way is designed to say that it's the teenager's fault. I understand that. I was a teenager myself. I know what it was like. However, I'm not like others in my group that forget what it was like. Using the old, I made those mistakes, so I know what it was like, which is complete and utter BS. While being connected is great to keep in touch with people, enemies know how to use it to make it work for them. I used to be bullied in high school, one by two particularly tall white kids in school, and they were overtly tall in, in school, so they felt the need to pick on shorter minority kids. Both kids eventually got themselves kicked out of school, but Jason Maga was the worst. I'll say his real name because I really don't give a fuck. It was in high school over 30 years ago. We used to be friends in junior high. We hung out together. He was a cool dude. 
But then somehow in our first year of high school, he turned into a complete dick. He became friends with uh, this one dude who I swear wanted a train ran on him by Jason. Randomly, he told Jason that I was talking shit about him. The guy was never a single thought in my mind. So he would come up to me believing that believing that dude over someone that was a friend, you know, for three years. But when Jason would confront me, the other dude had this look like he was just getting off on it. I'm sure he's in jail now for being a sex offender, but that's just an assumption. He would harass me at school, but he didn't have much fun with me because I never backed down. I just stood my ground. He socked me in the chance once hard, but I didn't flinch. Then he would do hang-up calls um, at my house. The last couple of that lasted a couple of weeks, and then he was gone. Now I can't imagine that in the world of social media, someone like that would be hitting you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, getting friends to join in, and now they have kids telling other kids to just kill themselves. No one cares. Just kill yourself because you're a loser. I couldn't imagine what a kid would go through. Parents fall out of sync with teen problems. Now, they experience life and know that high school doesn't mean shit in the scheme of things. But to a kid, school is everything. Just ignore them. Go to a teacher. I think parents should think about their lives in, a, uh, in that moment. Kids, like their parents, spend a majority of their day at work. If someone was bullying you or harassing you at work, would you just ignore it? Would you go to HR feeling that if they failed to do anything, you just opened yourself up to more bullying or worse, being fired? If kids chose to ignore them, they're making themselves a bigger target. And if they try to get help from a teacher, schools don't do shit. And if they do, they suspend the accused and the accuser because of some ill-advised zero tolerance. Worse yet, the administrators don't do anything because the accused's parents would cause a stink, and they don't want to deal with that. Social media has become such an intricate thread in our lives. Using Snapchat to capture moments of our lives, Twitch to play games with people, TikTok to show off how you're not a kid anymore, and Instagram to show off your lunch. People walk around the mall using FaceTime when they should be watching what they're doing. The intent behind social media was a good thing, an idealistic concept. However, like everything, it has been perverted. As for parents or grandparents, we need to understand that escapes we had as a kid aren't the same now. Just like us, our kids are connected 24-7. Mobile devices make it impossible to disconnect. It's easy to say you lost your phone for 24 hours. Read a book. Can you handle without your phone for 24 hours? School breaks or moving don't remove you from the, const uh, the constraints of social media anymore. The interwebs connect you digitally. Gone are the days of leaving school and your troubles end for that period. Those problems will follow them. What we did in school doesn't work anymore. That's what we need to understand. These problems persist because parents refuse to learn how things work. I don't get technology. So your kid can do whatever they want until they get in trouble. Now, if I had kids, they would hate me. I know how technology works. The only way we can help the next generation is by getting off our asses and doing something for them. Because the art of social media is very social, but very, very much media. So thanks for tuning in. This show is ad-free, and we would like to keep it that way. 
We can only do that with your support. Now, if you'd like to donate to make this podcast and all the shows on the Lazy Geeks Network self-contained, self-sustaining, you can go to thelazygeeks.com and click on the donate button. Now, if you can't help us out monetarily, you can share the show with your buddies and rate the show on iTunes. This will give us bigger exposure. Uh, all of this helps. Believe me, it does. And you can check out all the other shows on the Lazy Geeks Network. Uh, there's our The Lazy Geeks, the flagship show, which is simply Adam and myself talking about being a geek while trying, attempting to adult. And our Star Trek podcast, The Away Team, which, re, uh, which recaps every episode in canonical order. And they're all available wherever you got this show. And if you want to be part of the show, you can help us uh, out with comments, questions, or ideas for future episodes. Catch us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under at the Lazy Geeks, or email me at the Gen Xer Podcast at thelazygeeks.com. New email address, if you haven't noticed, the Gen Xer Podcast at thelazygeeks.com. And if you would like to follow me personally, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Gen underscore Xer. So that's it for me this week. So until next time, I'm Stephen Vargas, and between the battle of the boomers and millennials, there are the Gen Xers. <laughs>